Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello! Hello! This is Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are joined with the cutest one, and that is Gwen Carroll, the captain of the Elder Millennial Dance Team. Hey. It's true. Hi. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here. And this is the first time that I have watched Urban Legend. I've been hyping myself up all month for it because I am a scaredy cat. And I was so frightened that my costume today is just me. (laughs) But like you said, this is the end of spooky season, and to finish it up, we are talking about urban legend. Had you seen this movie before, Gwen? You know what? I had, and I barely remembered it because that's kind. Of, well, that's kind of every movie I've yeah. seen then uh, versus now. I was like, I don't remember this, and then as I was watching, I was like, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, this is not one that I watch every Halloween no. season. But then, like. And we'll talk about it when we get there. But that final reveal scene, like that I knew word for word. So it definitely had an impact on me at some point. Right. Yeah, clearly. So let us jump in. First, I'll set the scene of where we were when the movie came out. So it was released September 25th, 1998. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith was number one on the Billboard charts. Mm. And this week was a huge week for television with Will and Grace, the King of Queens and Felicity all premiering for the first time ever. Wild. What Whoa, a year. That is a big week. Uh, truly. Felicity rocked my world. My older cousin was super into it. And so I was super into it. And that haircut she gets in season two, like, was a cultural reset. It really shook me to my bones. You like Felicity's haircut? I didn't like it. That for me, I was like, anything can happen. Yeah. If she can cut her hair like that, like, I don't trust anyone. And that or was anything. only season two. That's super early, it feels like to me for a character. Yeah. yeah. For it was her. only. Like three seasons, really? right? I didn't watch it very often. <laughs> I think I watched it sometimes. Yeah, fair. when her hair went, so did I. Gwen. Yeah. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I was here for the perm. If Felicity doesn't know. have a perm. That Mickey Mouse Club hair. You got to keep it. <laughs> nope, she lost the hair and she lost me. Also, at the top of the box office, Rush Hour was number one. And I never saw Rush Hour. So I feel like that is one of my biggest pop culture blind spots because mm-hmm. there's always these memes and these videos and these TikToks of all these quotes. And I don't know a damn thing. I loved Rush Hour. <laughs> I did. A lot of people do. It was like very off brand for me to like Rush Hour, but I loved Rush Hour. It was funny. Apparently, everyone agrees with you. I just, <laughs> I don't know where I was. September 25th, 19. 19- What are your biggest pop culture blind spots? Well, like I said, I barely remember anything. So I have a lot of blind spots. So everything. I go through life trying to remember if I've seen such and such movie. I mean, I'm talking about like middle school, high school stuff. And I have friends that will be like, remember when this happened? And I'll be like, no. What are you talking about? I was always such a movie person. And my mom was like that my whole life growing up where she would say, like, I never saw this. And then my dad was like, we actually went on a date. Yes, you did see it. And she would watch the whole movie and then, like, the final scene, remember, and say, oh, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, how does this bitch do that? I never understood. And now, at 36 years old, this bitch is understanding. (laughs) Because it happens quite often to me. Mm -hmm. So... Let's just jump into this movie then. Let's refresh ourselves on this so we don't forget it ever again. But before we do, if you would like to watch the uncut, unedited, and unhinged version of our current shows, head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one. There you can see my lackluster costume, my real hair without the wig. No wig it's really it. a sight to see. The greasy ponytail <laughs> is out and about. Listen, you know I love a woman with greasy 
hair. I really do. When <laughs> girls don't wash their hair for like a week. Really? Thank God I'm gay because. That makes me happy to hear. Maybe that's why we became so close so fast, Donnie. We recorded and you saw what I was working on. I with. know. Both of you are just doing it to me today. <laughs> Chelsea, this was your first time seeing this movie. It was. And I just have to say, I really went through it. We'll get into the ups and downs, the peaks, the valleys, my just true terror watching this film. But all I have to say before we get into any of that is justice for Hootie. (laughs) Absolutely. Wait, who is Hootie? Who is Hootie? How dare you? The The dog. dog. He did not deserve anything any of it the nose ring the Mm. beer bongs the microwave i have a bone to pick with the aspca or whoever (laughs) approved that adoption because clearly that man should not be owning any no it was very beethoven yeah (laughs) r.i.p over the rainbow bridge i hope you're running free hootie somewhere free from that monster first i thought hootie was the janitor and i didn't know why you were so protective well justice for that hootie (laughs) too but janitor his name was literally Weird Janitor. That's it. No, that's how he's credited. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot to say about Weird Janitor. Oh, I can't mm. wait. I love him so much. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Wait, poor thing, her? Poor thing, yeah, Weird no, Janitor? Him. No, 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 not Gwen. Okay. I declare five. I'm like, it's a little early no, to be insulting I was here this for week, it. Don. No, I wait till the half hour mark okay. at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Gwen, get ready. Okay. <laughs> then I'm unleashing. I am the cute one is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email I am the cute one podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. So a little background information about the movie before we begin. It was directed by Jamie Blanks, who directed a few other things. But the biggest one that stood out to me was Valentine from 2001, the slasher movie with David Boreanaz. So we will be covering that this February, Chelsea. You're welcome. Okay. You know what? I'm a broken woman. Fine. Like Hootie, I'm just too tired to fight. Oh, my God. Three minutes. <laughs> it was written by Silvio Horta, who also was the creator of Ugly Betty. Oh. And I knew that name from that, like, immediately. But this I didn't know. He's a writing consultant on P-Valley. So that's interesting. All right. The budget was $14 million, and it made $73 million worldwide. So... Yeah, quite a box office smash, which then led to a sequel where Rebecca Gayhart and Loretta Devine returned and then an all new cast besides them. And that's what Uh flopped. And the taglines for the movie, not our best, not our worst. Well, this one might be our worst. The first (laughs) tagline is urban legends can kill. Well, that's it. Yeah, blunt and to the You know what? We love facts. No fake news here. (laughs) They want you to know what kind of movie you're seeing. They're like, this is what it is, folks. <laughs> this one I really like. Just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it can't. That's better. Okay, I like that yeah. one. And then the third one is my favorite favorite. It happened to someone you know who knows someone you know, and you're next. That's hilarious. That's a good one, too. Yeah, that, I got chills just That's reading good. that one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm scared or motivated. It really or makes what, you think. It does. Yeah. I stuttered a little bit reading it because it has a lot of the word you, but we got there eventually. <laughs> so now it's the time where we talk about what character, if any, do you identify as? I very much identified with the security guard who is the chief from Grey's Anatomy's wife. Mm-hmm. She's just living in her own little world, watching her little shows, faking it till she makes it. This woman has chutzpah, and I deeply related to her just blatantly ignoring everyone else's advice and just following her gut, which subsequently (laughs) does lead to her getting shot. I just felt that in my soul. I'm like, me too. I see that for you. I also, if this is your first episode listening to this podcast, Loretta Devine is the actress she's talking about that she just referred to as the chief's wife from Gay's Anatomy. 176 IMDb credits this woman has. And Chelsea referred to her as the chief from Gay's Anatomy. But that is a fun game that my husband and I play that now you and I have started playing, Donnie, of me being like, okay, I know this person. And then you try to figure out what mm. I know that person from, because it's never the first seven guesses you have. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> here I am, my very own urban legend. 
Gwen, who do you identify as? You know, this is tough. I am somewhere between the main character, Natalie, just because she's a redhead and also because I have a criminal. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't know. I think there's something like chaotic about her that I identify with. She's like, everything's happening around me. And nobody's <laughs> listening. She like can't articulate what she's trying to say all half the time. And then the other part of me wants to be Weird Janitor because mm. Weird Janitor just wants to stay away from everybody. He's like, I don't want to be any part of this. Fine, I'll help a little bit with my quiet side that doesn't care about people. Yeah, and then even when he helps, he still like does it in the shadows. He's like, here's this newspaper article, but I'm not telling you. Please keep me out of your drama, but I've been watching from afar and I think you need help. What about you, Donnie? I I think it's obvious. I am Tara Reid because I'm a slutty radio show host, but also when she finds out that Michelle Mancini was listening to her when she died, she was like, my voice was the last thing she heard. Can you imagine? I was like, oh, I wrote it right then in that first Tara Reid scene. I was like, this This is who I am. I don't care what happens the rest of the movie. This is, I found myself. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't want to give a spoiler, but I do also think sometimes your eyes, when you get the tinge of the crazy eyes, I do think you are a bit of the killer. Mm, All right. That's fun. I do see that. You like to put on a show. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Especially because I did come with an impression of the killer to do in that final scene. So (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) When we're putting the pressure, really no pressure at all. On you, the time starts as soon as I'm done speaking for you to give us a one minute synopsis. So one college student's friends all start getting murdered in urban legend ways and nobody believes her. Law enforcement is bad at their job and everyone owns this one jacket. Eventually we learn our main character had a chaotic friend and they actually killed a guy once and that guy they killed was someone's boyfriend and they're killing everyone as revenge while borrowing everyone's jacket. (laughs) Incredible. When I was looking up trivia for this movie, the jacket made a little more sense because at first it was supposed to take place in the winter and then they showed up two seconds and it was so hot they were like let's not even put fake snow down let's just make it take place in the summer and they'll just everyone will have this just rain yeah it's fine there was like so much rain (laughs) they were constantly walking in the rain all the time i would have been miserable filming this movie but i love that they were so committed to that jacket that they were like okay we're just gonna change the premise it's no longer winter but you know what let's stick with that heavy jacket not change it to a raincoat not make it a (laughs) cute little hat yeah not a school mask i feel like they cut corners (laughs) for a lot of things like that you mean the lead actress alicia witt is that who (laughs) she's never stopped working (laughs) she hasn't i mean she's been working since he was like nine years old i looked it up too She's been working forever. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, a lot of things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Our movie begins, as do my nightmares, with a short-haired woman. (laughs) Which... (laughs) Donnie. (laughs) Driving alone in a storm. (laughs) Sorry. I love hair grease. Hate a short haircut. (laughs) Driving alone in a storm, and since she is too engrossed in singing along poorly to her cassette tape of Total Eclipse of the Heart, she passes a well-populated Sunoco station with a clean bathroom and hot dogs to instead... (laughs) go to a dimly lit gas station that looks like you'll get tetanus just from driving past it. So after making fun of the gas station attendant for his stutter, she's asked to come inside because her card is declined. And when she finds out this isn't true, she knocks him upside the head with a telephone (laughs) and jumps out of the window. She makes it safely back to her car and quickly drives off, still in tears, while our gas station (laughs) attendant is left stuttering and screaming in the middle of the road. There's someone in your back seat. Unfortunately for our collegiate Kate Gosselin, it's too late because <laughs> she is beheaded by someone in her back seat, sporting an axe and the LL Bean jacket that every college girl owned in the early aughts. Mm-hmm. What an opening scene! So what much an opening. So much. When she was singing "Turn Around, Bright Eyes," and all I wanted her to do was turn around. That's when I knew I was going to love this movie. <laughs> Turn around. Can you imagine seeing this in theaters? I would have been screaming it, I think. Turn around! But (laughs) was the killer wearing a seatbelt during this? Because the woman gets her head cut off. So clearly the car would do something. Right, good point. There was not flying into the front seat. There was no, like... 
going through a windshield. Yeah, they were like going full speed on the highway. <laughs> yeah. The 90s and 2000s were just very pro seatbelt. Mm-hmm. So the killer just got in the back seat, put just the seatbelt like, on, and yeah. Okay. And then got his axe out and went to Quicker town. Quicker ticket, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, our friend the Pink Pop Box podcast DM'd me today and told me that the actress in this opening scene is Natalie Wood's daughter. No way. Oh. Yeah, I had no idea. That's great. We are then introduced to the rest of our cast, the slutty radio show host, Sasha, snarky Brenda, serious journalism student, Paul, and obvious final girl and overall bore, Natalie, (laughs) as Parker, the Pendleton University's resident douchebag, scares them with a story about a massacre that occurred 25 years ago in Stanley Hall, an abandoned dorm on campus, which Paul quickly discredits as being not Nothing more than an urban legend. At my college, there was an, I guess it was an urban legend, about this girl, Tina, who had killed herself before we were there. So in the theater on one of the bathroom stalls was painted and it said, some deaths take forever. So like everyone said she was a girl that had an affair with a professor and then killed herself. And then like she was the ghost that haunted that theater, which I do think that theater was haunted. Aren't but that should theaters. have been the end of the story. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but then I thought that wasn't enough of a story. So then I created a Facebook account for her and I met people in the drama club and I was like great show (gasps) you're that person that's awesome (laughs) I would have thrown my laptop into the sea I would have logged off of the internet forever my friends and I one time tried to pretend we were all dance majors tried to hack into the system saying that JLo was going to come like guest perform with us we were high it's fine it's fine (laughs) it would have been so great if it had been able to go through it's the thought that counts Gwen was there urban legends at your school? Or was that the urban legend? No. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. There were ones in like my home, t- like my neighborhood growing up. There was like a. What were those? Good ones? Someone kept like a mannequin up in their like top room of their house all the time. And then Halloween, they would like put a light behind it. So it was silhouetted. And we made up this thing that it was oh. a paraplegic person that was just like <laughs> trapped, like locked up. I know it was really terrible. <laughs> that was locked oh. up there. <laughs> That's incredible. My grandfather Pepe. I think made up a story, but maybe it was like an urban legend that he told. But whenever we would be driving to our family beach vacation, we would pass this like creepy looking house. And he would tell us the story about how there were children that lived in the basement that were adopted by this family and they would only come out at night and eat rats. Oh my God, that's terrifying. And then one year he added a little flavor. I guess we weren't giving him the screams we used to give as five-year-olds. And so- He like parked in front of the house this year and he's like, I just want you guys to know they've recently discovered the taste of human flesh. Uh, So be uh, careful. And that got a good scream out of me and my brother. And then after that, every year, a new layer was added. Until he finally said, and I'm one of those kids. (laughs) And I escaped. No, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, love the flair for storytelling. I don't know why I'm terrified of urban legends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Things are starting to click. Ah, uh, trauma. <laughs> Our favorite kind. So coincidentally, their professor's lesson the next day is about, would you guess, urban legends. Weird. It's almost like it's written that way. <laughs> and he makes Pacey from Dawson's Creek eat Pop Rocks and drink Pepsi at the same time to see if he'll die. But the learning doesn't end there as the news of the opening kill spreads around campus. The dean and race, the campus security guard, want to bury the story while Natalie just wants to bury her feelings. She's not telling her friends that she went to high school and was close friends with the victim, Michelle Mancini. Pause, pause, pause for a second. When Natalie opened this yearbook and we saw (laughs) that Michelle had this haircut in high school as well, this was not a grown woman's haircut choice. This was her (laughs) high school haircut. I screamed. I felt like this whole movie, everybody was supposed to be in college, but they all acted like they were in high school to me. (laughs) Parker being like, oh, in the middle of class or whatever. And I'm sorry. If my class was going through urban legends, number one, I'd probably pee myself out of fear. But of all of the subjects in college, that would not be the lesson I'm like booing and heckling. Yeah. Like perhaps you're seeing right. a boy's stomach explode right in front of you. Like you can't say that's not captivating. Absolutely. That's an engaging lesson plan. Yeah. And the whole class was American folklore. Like this was an elective. So these people chose this class. 
Yeah. This is not something that you are required to take. They acted like it was required. Yeah. It was clearly the only class offered at the whole college. <laughs> yeah. That and journalism. Uh, I'll just add it in right now. Since we're talking mm-hmm. shit about Michelle, since I'm talking shit about Michelle already, <laughs> I also want to talk shit about Natalie. Yeah. The movie wasn't a flop. I thought it was. But I think that, well, first of all, I'll give some trivia. Melissa Joan Hart, Reese Witherspoon, and Jennifer Love Hewitt all turned the movie down. Alicia Witt is wonderful. But I don't think she fit the type as a final girl. Because, like, all the other girls, we had Tara Reid and those, like, hey, buddy, guys. And then we had her, like, what do you want from me? She was neither here nor there. She was, like, yeah. not landing anywhere in particular. No, no. she's not a leading lady. No. And I do think, like, even if we had had old Bag of Beans Love Hewitt <laughs> as the lead, like, that's the role she's meant to play. Yes. She would have had her little wispy bangs flowing in the wind <laughs> as she's, like, running mm-hmm. from the killer. It was very hard to want to root for Natalie. At times, I found myself hoping she was next. <laughs> You know? Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Casey can tell that Natalie is feeling down, so to cheer her up, he drives her to the middle of nowhere and tries to have sex with her. But when she turns him down, he is attacked, hung from a tree, and tied to his own car. So when Natalie tries to flee, she ends up killing him instead. Fun. So when Natalie returns with Reese, the car and the body are gone, and everyone assures her that Pacey's just pranking her. Just a good (laughs) old-fashioned faking your death on top of your car. Again, nobody cares about investigating this. The killer is too good at hiding evidence. It's insane. Yeah, I need to know where that car is headed. Yeah, like, really? (laughs) Well, if anybody deserved to die, it was this motherfucker. I also was not aware that Joshua Jackson, is that his Mm -hmm. name? Uh Joshua Jackson? That his dyed hair was, like, a long-term thing. it wasn't. He it wasn't? dyed it blonde for Cruel Intentions and then filmed this and he kept it because he thought he would have to do reshoots. for. That's cool. why. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because I saw it in Cruel Intentions and it was really jarring. And then to see him with it in this movie, too, I was like, oh, this was a choice. <laughs> this was like a long term decision. So I'm glad that there was a reason 
But like, was it a reason or did you just want to keep that hair? But it couldn't have been too long, right? Because it was never like that on Dawson's Creek, was it? It couldn't have I don't been. Think so. But that Dawson's Creek joke was probably the only joke that made me laugh in the whole movie. <laughs> it was so silly. It was good. It was good. They just play the theme song. It's so silly. <laughs> it was on that show. I was mad when he turned it off. I know. I was like, keep that radio on, please. And then this was the first death I knew I was going to be scared. <laughs> this is a man getting hanged. A violent hanging. This yeah, is scary. But he was a bad person. <laughs> he was a good actor. Oh, yeah. I think he was one of the better performances in this whole movie. I would agree. Him and Nagzima girl. Rebecca, Rebecca Gayhart. <laughs> Natalie returns home to her goth roommate who always yells at her for turning on the lights when she's getting raw dogged by Satan. <laughs> so when Natalie goes back <laughs> to her room tonight and her roommate is being literally choked to death, she assumes she's just getting her back blown out and goes to sleep. But learns that was not the case when she wakes up to, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light written on the wall? However, since she didn't see anyone, and because a cab, Reese and the dean tell her that it was just suicide. <laughs> okay, and I'm not saying she was asking for it because she wasn't, but this was a direct result of blurry boundaries. Mm. If you are going to set up an environment where you are just like turn off the light, and I'm going to just like openly have sex next to you, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know. But people were still so mean. I wrote this down. This chick was like, she looked like that for years. Like after she was dead, like joking about her appearance. I was like, that's so fucking mean. The body bag yes! is rolling by her and she's like, now is the time to get that zing in. It's like, read the fucking room. Yeah, like Bethany, you already won. This girl is dead. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. need to hit her when she's literally down. Yeah, like she's literally zipped up in that body really? bag <laughs> passing you and you're like, let me do a quick five on what an <laughs> ugly bitch this woman was. But I will say, and I'll get into more of it at the end when we talk about what age like Blockbuster. One thing that I really think was kind of gross with how they handled that character in general is just like the mental health shaming yeah gross <laughs> i never witnessed my college roommate having sex thank god but i did wake up to him masturbating once <laughs> and all i wanted to do was go back to sleep but then i was so uncomfortable that like that kept me awake so i just laid there staring at the wall while he grunted and if you listen to this podcast before, you may recall, like, this story could be kind of sexy in, like, the beginning of a porn, but my roommate was ugly and mean, so it was not. And, like, bullied yeah. you. Ooh. Which, even that could be sexy and hot in the beginning of a porn, <laughs> but I do need to reiterate, he wasn't a cute bully. Bummer. <laughs> I had one roommate. It was, like, every time they were having sex... It was going to be a performance, and we were all going to know each step of the way what was going to happen. Oh, God. A narrator? A narrator <laughs> and just a performer. So sometimes we would just gather in the living room because it's like, we're all going to be listening anyway. Just might as well make it a watch party. You know? <gasps> That's amazing. It's like listening to a podcast. Oh, wow. The early podcast days. <laughs> yeah. Huh. <laughs> so Paul proves to be quite the journalist, our very own Barbara Walters, as he uncovers, with the help of the creepy janitor that the stanley hall massacre was indeed real and professor wexler who also is the man that plays freddy krueger if you didn't know i didn't know oh yeah wow. he okay really quick pin in it he's the guy that plays yeah. freddy krueger and the guy in the beginning the stuttering guy he's chucky in the Chucky movies. Whoa. So this was just horror icons across the board. Look at that. So Professor Wexler was its only survivor, and he finds out Michelle and Natalie went to high school together and received probation, which now that that's out in the open, Natalie reveals to Brenda they received probation because they killed someone in a car accident after driving with their headlights off and chasing down the person who flashed them as a prank. Meanwhile, in high school, I was just stealing traffic cones as a prank. But I guess you do different things in a car. When Paul, like, figured all of this out, I 100% thought he was the killer. Because not only mm -hmm. was he just, like, creeping around trying to get that story, but also, like, Jared Leto does, like, one movie every 10 years. And I surely thought he would not be signing on to a project if he didn't get to flash full crazy eyes manic smile in the last 10 minutes of the movie. I yeah. think he agrees with you, Chelsea, because he refuses to talk about it in interviews and stuff. Really? He's a weird guy. <laughs> I don't know if you get a writer for interviews, but like he has it in contracts where you cannot bring up urban legends. He will walk out. He'll walk out? <laughs> yeah. Or he'll have people carry him. <laughs> That's a rumor. 
That's an urban legend. Really? That's a rumor about like when he was filming Morbius. He makes people carry him? I was on set for a show that I was filming and there was a couple of like big name people like in the makeup trailer with me and they were they were like talking about how they heard when he was filming it. They were they were gossiping like the rest of us gossip. Yeah. I don't know how much I they actually it. know, probably nothing. Yeah. But they were going like I heard like he would make people like carry him. Something like, like that. Mariah I was like, trying to listen. <laughs> But I also like know people that have been to his house and like worked with him on a script and like they walk into this like big like villain office that's like totally empty and he'd be in there. He'd be like, who are you? Oh. Like it was like a very, uh. yeah, very like super villainy sort of vibe. Very cool. Oh my god! But also totally weird. I just got the chills from that too. I feel like I just read that third tagline again. This is all like fifth hand. <laughs> this is an urban legend. So don't take my word for any of oh, this. Oh, I love gossip. Chelsea yeah. literally broke an NDA on this podcast before. Someone else's NDA. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I have more name drops. I can save it for later. Ooh, Does it please, tie into um, this episode or just? I mean, you yeah, can just oh, do yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> okay. Oh, Ooh. oh God. Oh yes. It's like Christmas. I don't know if you want to like keep going. I want to like spend. Oh no, please. Okay. So when the movie first came on, Michael Rosenbaum's name came up, and I was like, wait. Michael Rosenbaum, like the guy my Kara dated to my husband, my best friend, dated oh. like a handful of years ago. And I had only known that he was in that like Superman yeah. movie. What is that? Smallville. Smallville. Yeah. And I didn't watch that. So I was like, oh, cool. He's like an actor. He's like been around for a while. And I didn't realize he was Parker in Urban Legend. So I'm watching this movie going, oh, Michael. Like I went to his house oh. once and like did karaoke and like he was really fun oh and nice cool. but like a very youthful person like very young energy he just like is a forever teen wow. kind of person really nice really nice guy I love that. that's my name oh. drop my last name drop i, I love doing it anymore well if you want to make up more for the end we won't ask you for <laughs> no yeah no my best friend dated him and i texted her and i was like michael rosenbaum was in urban legend she was like he was i don't know <laughs> I was like, okay I okay that. yeah i feel like people only know him from smallville or sorority boys yeah. like there's two types yeah. of michael rosenbaum fans in the world yeah sorority boys we will cover jokes. again okay <laughs> I've given up. Anyway. <laughs> so Reese is finally starting to realize what's going on, but the dean continues to not take the deaths of any of his students seriously, so it is no big loss when he has his ankles sliced and then is impaled by traffic spikes after being run over by his own car. And throughout the movie, I knew the person in the backseat. I know about the dog in the microwave. I know, like, all these urban legends. <laughs> what part of this is an urban legend? The Achilles cut is actually back. It is thriving right now. Oh. There's, like, a lot of fear mongering about middle-aged white women getting trafficked, which does not happen. They're like, oh, in the parking lot, if you see money on your windshield, don't grab it. Because when you lean over, someone will be under your car and slice your Achilles. I've seen that, actually. And traffic you. And it's like, that doesn't happen. They've moved it on doesn't. from Save the Children. Wayfair is now safe. They have not gotten rid of the Halloween candy thing. That's thriving. Those but when blades. I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, the Achilles cut is like fully a thing wow. still. It's the 25th anniversary. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah, we're going to traffic you and take your Target coupons. Yeah, or it's like, <laughs> if you see like a paper towel on your like door <gasps> handle that's like covered in poison, if you touch it, you'll be poisoned. It's like, what? I saw that too. When I first moved to it's New York, legend. they were saying in the like, not payphone, but like anything where you reach in to get your change, there's like, careful, there's AIDS needles in there. Like, what in the hell? Oh, God. <laughs> Nobody's going around doing right. that. Like, what's the gain for that person? Yeah. To be like, maybe some stranger in a couple days might prick themselves right. on this AIDS needle I put there. <laughs> Are they like sitting somewhere close watching? Yeah, me like guys? with a newspaper with eyes cut out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesus, now I'm going to add another urban legend that I'm terrified of. Because I did notice, Donnie, that you skipped over the shbloody shmary scene. <laughs> And oh, thank right. you, because I literally, I watched that part muted, lest my mirrors in the house happen uh, to be listening. I just muted it, yeah. just in case. Cover my ground, cover my bases, you know? Sure, sure. Well, sure. I skipped over it, not because you'd be afraid, but because it had nothing to do with any of the plot. It was, like, kind of stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, like, in a blanket, shaking. <laughs> Very memorable for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Okay, it takes all kinds, I guess. Sure. So, because teenagers in movies don't know how to not die, 
Parker's fraternity hosts a party to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Stanley Hall Massacre. When Paul tries to end the party by telling them about the killer, Parker suggests that he's the killer before kicking him out. So then Sasha heads to the radio station for her shift, leaving Parker and his dog, saddest death of the movie, just for, for <laughs> to be killed by a funnel of Drano and a microwave, respectively. So bad. Back at the radio station, Sasha is giving her nightly sex tips when she is attacked and the whole murder is broadcasted to anyone listening. Which is so funny. Now, if this was my college, I would be nobody because nobody listens to the college radio station. But here, people were losing their mind. Well, I didn't realize at first I was like, how are they hearing her as she's like running around? I didn't realize she had like a wireless headset or that that was even available. In the yeah. I guess it was. And sure. I want to know like the logistics of this school because the dean was like, cover up this murder, cover up this suicide cover up whatever and the dean was also like careful what you write in that paper yet they had like a mtv radio show where the like audio person was literally topless for the first scene like what is (laughs) happening what is going on there i don't know there are students admitting to stealing birth control pills from their roommate and getting them knocked up. Yeah. And then I do want to know what sex tip she was giving right before she died, because it was something along the lines of like, dogs are used to that. You just got to relax. <laughs> Yikes. I don't, I don't remember that. That's so if any that. cutie is listening and has recently watched that and knows what she said, <laughs> please slide into my DMs because I... I'm not going to go back and watch because I'm going to need a year to recover from this one before I watch again. I'll watch it again, especially the scene. I think this scene, the opening is really good, but I think the scene is the most iconic death in the movie. The chase scene is like five minutes long, which is not a coincidence because Sarah Michelle Gellar originally accepted the role. And we know she loves a five minute chase scene. She won't take a role in a horror movie unless it's there. Um, But then she had to turn it down because of scheduling conflicts with Buffy. Too bad. She would have been great in that chase scene. She would have. But I, Tara Reid put in work, though. She was great. She was. She did a good job. I read that she did her own stunts. What stunts did she do? <laughs> she, like, fell off that. Um... Oh, yeah. The hanging from the thing. Yeah. And then she the said, thing. in the same interview where she said she does her own stunts, she said that the stuntman for the killer used a real axe. So she's <laughs> like, it was pretty dangerous. <laughs> Like, what in the hell is happening? That would not be allowed now. <laughs> no. I'm surprised it was allowed then. No, that would be no. I love oh Tara Reed. I love Tara oh, Reed. Then I love Tara Reed. Now and those I TikToks. Know. She is trying so hard to get a Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> sequel. So Tara, if you're listening, if Rachel Lee Cook won't be in the Josie and the Pussycats sequel, I will. You have me. <laughs> So after Natalie witnesses Sasha being murdered, she runs into Paul, who then runs into Brenda, and the three get in Paul's car to go find help. But when he stops at a gas station, the girls check his trunk to see what smells so bad and find the body of Professor Wexler. So the girls run from Paul through a field and end up getting separated. So when Natalie finds herself on the side of a road, she hitchhikes with the first person to stop, the creepy janitor, Gwen's favorite character. (laughs) He's just a really fun person and every time he like enters frame exits frame i'm just like ah weird janitor let him go i just am really glad he exists if he was on seinfeld he would get the kramer applause it felt like when he was in the car that he was gonna be like i'm your dad (laughs) that's what it felt like he was instead he was like i have the child locks on And then was like, goodbye. Yeah. And he had that coat in the backseat. Everybody has a coat. It's so popular. It was on sale at Abercrombie or wherever they got it At the campus store. (laughs) So I have done a lot of stupid things in my life. Um... But hitchhiking is not one of those things, ever. Like, I know that, like, hookers did it in the 70s, but did people really do it in the 90s? I think just in movies, yeah. but I don't know for sure. Well, I feel like it's just... Oh, God, Chelsea just said, well. <laughs> I hitchhiked a couple of times, but it was just, like, on campus or, like, two parties. That turned out fine. There was one night that my roommate and I, our freshman year, we both had that fake ID that we... Mm-hmm. shared and we had both gotten into the bar and we met this guy who was like oh i have a boat i'm gonna take it out first thing in the morning do you guys want to come so we like stayed up all night and then at 6 a.m we 
we got on this boat with this stranger <laughs> that we met at a bar. And looking back, that's one of the moments of my life of like, we ended up like fully in the ocean with this man. Like this could have been the start of just a horror yeah, story. This could have been the second time we talk about Natalie Wood this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but... It ended up even worse. How? <laughs> worse than your murder. Well, for <laughs> two know. hungover 18-year-old girls, yes. And for we me, ended too. Up, Just kidding. Boo. We ended up first going to this dock and picking up a family. And we <laughs> realized this was like a family outing. And he was basically like the drunk, degenerate uncle <gasps> of this family. <laughs> so we picked up like a mom and dad and their three kids ready for like a day of fishing with Uncle Joe or whatever, and he had like two drunk 18-year-old trollops with him. <laughs> and we spent all day on this boat with these children, and we were so hungover, <laughs> and we finally got dropped off, and we are like, okay, we learned a valuable lesson. We shouldn't get on boats with strange men until we first confirmed <laughs> what the itinerary is. So oh, that's my tale. my God. Yeah, he didn't say, I'm going to be out all day, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to be stuck With children. There. Was the family like... Hi. No, it was like they didn't care. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like hi. I'm <laughs> the family. No, 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 no. They were very kind to us, okay, but good. you could tell that they were very pissed at him. Mm. Like when sure. we showed up, it was like, oh hi, and who were who were you? Then when they found out, and he found out that we were eighteen. That was kind of an awkward moment for everybody involved because we had been yeah. at a bar. So he thought he was taking like two of age girls. But then he found out we were freshmen oh, in college. Oh, my God. You know, so it was kind of a double whammy for him in front of his family. Huh. Okay. You live, you learn. And that's why we didn't hitchhike, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> So Natalie starts to suspect that the janitor is the killer until a car passes with its lights off and the janitor flashes his lights to warn them. Natalie loses her shit because the car, as they do, runs the janitor off the road, killing him. Add it to the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> of people getting hit by cars in 90s movies. But I guess Natalie had on her seatbelt because not only does she survive, she's well enough to walk back to campus where she hears Brenda screaming from Stanley Hall. So Natalie pushes her way through a who's who of her friend's corpses, ending with Brenda's. She's too late. Or is she? Because then Brenda sits up and knocks Natalie out. And when Natalie comes to, Brenda is in the process of removing her organs as she reveals it was her all along and that the man Natalie and Michelle killed was her fiancé. I love Brenda so much. First of all, you know, I love a grudge. I love pettiness. But the way Rebecca Gayhart plays the scene when Natalie's like, you're fucking crazy. And then Brenda's like, crazy, maybe. Bonkers, perhaps. And then those <laughs> eyes are the same eyes I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so good. She put that Noxima check to work. She really did. I love that, like, her whole thesis is, like, she's avenging the love of her life's murder. But then she also throws in, like, oh, and also, you better not take Paul from me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unhinged. P.S. I was going to get married at 17. (laughs) Yeah. It was totally going to work out. And that's why I'm a little bit Natalie, too. Natalie? Oh! Freudian slur. I didn't mean the (laughs) gag. I meant Brenda. It's not that exciting to be Natalie, I'm just being honest. I know. (laughs) Donnie just gagged on his microphone. Speaking of gagging on the microphone, when they didn't have like YouTube accompaniments back then. So when Tara Reed was like pretending to suck dick with the microphone, it was for no she reason. She was like, ah. <laughs> I remember being like, why is she doing that? And then my husband goes, because everybody in the 90s was a slut. <laughs> Some of us still are. Some things never go out of style. So patreon.com slash I am the cute one to see Donnie no. keep throating his microphone uh, as we speak. Oh. So Reese and Paul arrived to help, but it's ultimately Natalie who shoots Brenda through the window. So then Paul and Natalie drive off together, giggling about what happened (laughs) the last hour and a half until 
Brenda hops out of the back seat with the axe, attacking them until Paul crashes, flinging Brenda off the bridge and into the sea. No seatbelt worn in this. I was mad because they were like, yeah, the paramedics are on the way. I was like, you just left her dying by herself? (laughs) And they didn't check for the body either. Like in all these other movies, they would look out the window and then the body's gone. And they're like, but in this, they... They didn't do a damn thing. And I know it was in total (laughs) self-defense. And obviously, like, they were not in the wrong in the situation. But do you know how to make yourself look guilty when there is a woman who has been shot and flung out a window with a trail of dead bodies there without any explanation? You drive off together. That's a surefire way to find yourself at the top of the suspects list. Yep, 100%. (laughs) I just thought that was the weirdest thing. I was like, what are they doing? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, I hear the siren. It's probably fine. <laughs> the movie ends with a new group of friends telling the legend of this movie, but none of them believe the storyteller except for one, Brenda, who now has straight hair and a ribbon around her neck, so her head doesn't fall off. <laughs> it's uh, the future. Yeah. It, what is this time jump supposed to be? I couldn't that they tell. wouldn't re- know her. <laughs> right. And she looks the same age. <laughs> I was trying to figure that out too because the clothing was just so off-putting. Yeah. I was like, this is what they thought the fashion of the 2000s were going to be. And in a strange mm-hmm. way, they weren't that <laughs> yeah. far off. They weren't that far off, no. Like it was pretty 2000s. It was still a little jarring. It was still a little jarring, <laughs> yeah. but you know how I feel about the green ribbon. I know. So your favorite. That was just the perfect button on top to this yeah, absolute. Chelsea was waiting this whole movie. She texted me about four times thinking that someone's head was going to fall off with the ribbon in this movie. She's like, I think it's Michelle. Mm. I think it's I knew Natalie. If they didn't like, include no. that urban legend, I would have rioted because that's the one. <laughs> that's the one that mm-hmm. fucked me up. Well, it was there, Chelsea. Yeah, that's a pretty fucked up one. <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> So on that note, final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to the present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? I thought about this so much. <laughs> oh, Go for it. I think Sydney Sweeney <gasps> needs to be Brenda. She would be Wouldn't so good. Wouldn't she be fucking insane? You would think Sasha, right? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> no. She's Brenda. She yeah. can go from like, really chill best friend like innocent to like i want to fucking kill you she can do eye acting as well yeah she and she's great. hot uh-huh. it's great i love that yeah and jared leto has to be weird janitor <gasps> oh oh a callback but yeah. they have to carry him everywhere in this movie <laughs> i hope i heard that rumor right because if not i created the rumor that's how urban legends now. get started yeah you're on theme Gwen. in six months some other podcast is going to be like well my cousin's sister's best friend heard on a podcast that <laughs> yeah. how funny would Win- winona Ryder be as a campus cop i don't think i don't think i would actually cast her but how funny would that, that be? would be, be funny. Great. Um, Cara Delevingne as uh, Tosh, the roommate. Oh, that would be great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I have um, Matrei Ramakrishnan from um, Never Have I Ever. Uh-huh. I thought she, I thought you could make her Sasha. Ooh. Hear me out. Uh-huh. And make it like a different kind of, like she's like a sex education yes. show. Like, we can flip that and make it a little less, you know. 90s thought. A little right. less yeah. 90s. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe has to be the professor. <laughs> I really want Joe Keery from Stranger Things as uh, Damon. Ooh, Jackson's. Uh-huh. I couldn't nail down Parker. I thought Elliot Page would be an amazing Paul. Ooh. But if we want a bad actor version, then Harry Styles. <laughs> okay. And then like he could have his song come on the radio. Oh, like, that's fun. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. And are you Natalie? Oh, Natalie <laughs> yeah. I have as Zendaya. Perfect. Yeah. And she's a good final girl. Yeah. Oh, and Demi Lovato as Michelle. Who is that? Demi, De, oh, Michelle, the, the short hair girl that you have. Oh, yeah. Demi Lovato. That would dies be great. in the uh-huh. beginning. They could sing like Total Eclipse, but like, or make them sing it back. That'd be really funny. <laughs> that would be great. I like that there was a split second where Gwen thought you asked who Demi Lovato is. <laughs> there was. You read that correctly. I, really, I was like, Demi Lovato. Oh, oh <laughs> I want there to be a prequel that takes place about the original massacre. That's right. After the Encanto debacle of last week, (laughs) I'm taking it easy this week. Well, the good news is that movie doesn't exist. So you're 
a step ahead of last week. <laughs> but it was announced in August 2020 that a reboot is underway. Now, the last time they talked about it was August 2020, so the project could be dead. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're going to act like it's not. So in August 2020, they announced the sequel was coming with Brenda and Reese returning. And then it was going to be a whole new young cast of college students whose deaths resembled urban legends linked to social media. Oh. So that would be good. Mm, But my sequel will be next year. This is sick information. Next year is the 25th anniversary of this movie, which just gives me the chills again. But in mine, Brenda has got away with the murders and she continues life fresh. She has a new name somewhere. All she wanted was revenge for her dead fiance so now that that is out of the way she got away with it she's living a brand new life she's a college professor somewhere and then her students begin dying based on urban legends so she's like oh my god i know this life so she tries to help them until she realizes someone from her past is behind it and really they're targeting her i like that i'm pretty brilliant actually All right, so final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? Okay, so in terms of Blockbuster, I think this is perhaps, in terms of nostalgia, this is perhaps the movie that's aged the worst just because I felt like they tried to put so many inside jokes of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there was the Dawson's Creek theme song, the Noxima reference, a random Austin Powers impression, like... People that are young now that, like, find this movie on Netflix or whatever, they're not going to understand half of it. <laughs> they're going to be like, what? Yeah. He just called him buttface. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. literally said buttface. I'm like, that's what, that's what you got? <laughs> the, the dog? None yeah. of that. None of that happens no. to happen. True. No, that all that's aged like Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. I talked about Natalie's roommate bipolar mm-hmm. situation they talk about like lithium like it's a street drug which yeah, i'm like if anybody world? knows anything about lithium <laughs> there's nothing that's gonna happen that's fun for yeah. a street drug recreational use it was just very <laughs> stigmatizing in a like very pointed way of like this girl's crazy she has a mental illness and she takes lithium look at how weird she is in and- the original script i found this when i was looking up trivia the professor also like when they were digging through his office they found medication that he was bipolar so basically anyone that like was supposed to be you know whatever oh, then they must be yeah like bad uh-huh. or the killer that's terrible which yeah. is and i'm not gonna touch this subject but it is timely given the discourse that's happening right now with kanye yeah. west so yeah. i guess in a weird way that kind of yeah. ages well because we're still having this yeah. ongoing conversation but mm-hmm. i think one thing that did age well was that two white girls committing a straight up murder got probation that uh-huh. seems like something that could happen yeah. i don't know if i'm just at the end of spooky season and i'm just burnt out and ready for some good old fashioned like thanksgiving and christmas movies but i enjoyed it so that brings us to the end. Gwen, thank you so much for coming. This was a blast. I'm glad you enjoyed I love it. This. <laughs> it's hit or miss with us, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you like. It. <laughs> I can't imagine that. To be I think we've all. straight up but. frightened some people. <laughs> well, we had so much fun with you. Please let everyone know where they can follow you. So you can go to TikTok and you can find me as Gwen Carroll. And you can go to Instagram, and I'm Gwendolynstagram. Good luck spelling that. And then uh, that's about it, really. Nothing else matters. <laughs> Nothing I'm in the good. world. I'm around. Not not a lot lately, but I will be. I will be. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> and next week we are covering Sweet Home Alabama, so be sure to check that out. And thank you for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. (laughs) 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.